It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ live every weekday morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. All of us know the, the lyrics to that incredible hymn, but how many of us actually know what God's grace actually is and what it actually enables us as believers to do? Well, that is going to be the subject for today's message. But before we get into that, I just wanted to, again, encourage you to consider coming out to Windsor, Colorado this upcoming fall to be trained in discipleship in our five-week classic training. It's an incredible time just to spend time together with fellow believers and get into the word of God and learn how to study and learn how to build your life around and upon Jesus Christ. For the students who have come through, it's been a really a life transforming process as they learn how to live out functional, practical, true Christianity. Well, again, it all starts September 5th and goes through October 11th. We would love to have you come out here. And whether or not you can come out for the five-week, we even have a one-week version that you should consider doing if five weeks is just too much time. But our, again, our five-week fall classic training all starts September 5th. And you can learn more by going to ellersley.com. Now, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 and 5, as we talk about God's amazing grace. If you have your Bibles this morning, Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, again, just for some context, we've been walking through this little series talking about the power of God demonstrated in your life. And I don't know about you, but it's been, this has been so powerful in my life in terms of just recognizing all that God has done in and through me. That he has moved me from this place of darkness and brought me into a place of light. He's brought me from a place of death and brought me into a place of life. That he, he brought me from this being enshackled to sin under the power and the authority of, of of death, and he really brought me into the kingdom of his dear son, with which he loves, and now has set me free. That he 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 paid the penalty of of my sin upon the cross, so that I could actually have life and the intimacy with him. That is so amazing. Uh, so again, in Ephesians chapter two, verses one through three. Paul is talking about that former way of living that we lived outside of Jesus. And he says again that I, I was full of death and darkness and damnation and, and I, I was desperately needing help. And verse 4, those two amazing words, but God, here is God. He steps into the middle of my, of my sin. He steps into the middle of my darkness. He steps into the middle of, 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 of the judgment that I should be having. And God, who is rich in mercy, who is who's just abounding in this, this, this hesed love, this steadfast love that we've talked about, because of this great love with which he loved us, look at verse 5, even when we were dead in sins, he made us alive together with Christ. woo Do you realize what God has done? That while I was yet a sinner, this is that Romans uh, 5, I think it's 5.8, while I was yet a sinner, while I was shaking my fist in God's face, Christ died for me. So here I am living in death. Here I am living in sins and trespasses. Here I am living in rebellion and selfishness. And what did God do? He really stepped into the middle of that and brought about life. And I do not deserve that, which is why this is according to his grace. It's, hey, that which I should not be expecting I've been, from the one I should expect nothing from, I've been given everything. 
It's that hesed, steadfast love of God being poured out upon my life. And it's because of this great love that, of which he has loved us with. He just, oh, he made every provision that I may walk in the newness of life. Now, how did this all take place? Paul says at the end of verse 5, all of this has taken place. The fact that he's taken me from a place of darkness into light, a place of death unto life, all of this is because by grace you have been saved. Now he's going to repeat that down in verse 8, uh, which says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Do you realize that the only reason we are saved is because of God's grace? Uh, it's interesting when you look at grace today, the modern church has taken grace and has really dumbed it down. Uh, grace is such a marvelous thing. In fact, we sing amazing grace, right? I mean, grace really is amazing. But of course, you look at what the modern definition of grace has become, and I don't know about you, but it's like you have to ask, is it really that even that amazing? See, what, what the modern church has done with grace is that the grace has become like a hug, or, or, a, or maybe a winter coat to put on if you want an illustration. So here I am in the middle of Siberia, right? The, the winds are blowing, it's freezing, and I'm just shivering to death. And what am I going to do? And how am I going to get out of this? And do you know, what the, you know what the grace of God is? Oh, the grace of God is like this overcoat. You put this overcoat on and you're like, oh, I have some warmth. Now there is a truth in that. The, the grace of God, it, it, it is salvation. It is this reality of, you know, this hug, if you want to say that, say it that way. But the reality is the grace of God is so much more than that. See, the grace of God is more than just an overcoat in the middle of the Siberian winter. See, grace not only gives you the overcoat, but then it takes you out of Siberia and plants you in Hawaii. Right? It really removes, it empowers, it changes your very life. See, modern, mod, the modern church has dumbed down grace to the point where it's just this, oh, it's just this, this little thing that God does. Yes, it's, oh, God, is, God, God has given you grace. He has saved you. Woo, by grace, you have been saved. But we forget the reality of the greatness of God's grace. See, God's grace is overwhelming. See, God's grace isn't just for salvation. It is, it is the empowerment of his life for daily living. Uh, Jude, in the book of Jude, uh, verse 4 uh, Jude writes it this way. He says, For certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation. Ungodly people, get this, who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ. So what, what Jude is saying is, isn't it, he says, <laughs> what's taking place is that there's these people who have crept into the church and has taken the grace of God and has perverted the grace of God and made the grace of God a license just keep on sinning, right? Uh, Paul addresses this in Romans. He says, hey, sh should we keep on sinning because of the grace of God, right? We have received the grace of God. So does that allow us to keep on sinning? Paul says, no. J just because you've received grace does not mean you should keep on sinning. And of course, the old, the old idea back, at, back in Paul's day was, well, if I want more of God's grace, Right? And I get, I get his grace when I sin. Well, then the more I sin, the more grace I get. So whoo, if I keep on sinning, then not only do I get to have the sin, I also get the grace, which is what I really want. So I'm going to keep living in sin so I get more of God's grace. And Paul looks at that whole thing and says, what are you thinking? He says, no, you, you do not. Or as Jude says, hey, 
you do not pervert the grace of God so it becomes a license to sin. See, God has given you grace so that you don't have to keep on sinning, so that you can walk in victory and triumph, so that you actually might live the life he is calling you to. See, the standard of Christianity that God has called us to is overwhelmingly, utterly impossible for us to live. Well, how are we going to live that? The grace of God. See, the grace of God is more than just salvation. It is, and praise the Lord for it. For by grace we have been saved. But do you realize the grace of God is not just the salvation stuff, it is also the empowerment of his Holy Spirit in our life so that we can actually live and function as a Christian ought to function. See, it is by the grace of God that I can have a pure thought life. It is by the grace of God that I can talk properly and speak not with foolish, perverse words, but by the by, by that which he's wanting to bring about, this idea of thankfulness and, and praise and worship. See, it is by the grace of God that I can actually live triumphantly. It is by the grace of God. See, it is the work of the Spirit in my life that enables me, through his grace, to live and to function as I ought as a Christian. So what exactly is grace? Uh, I love this definition. It comes from my good friend Eric Ludi. But I just love how he how he says this. Listen, and I think I've read this before, but it's just, I find this profound, and I love this in terms of trying to understand this grace. Uh, Eric says, grace is an action, a super heroic action, but grace is more than an action. Grace is a power, an extreme power, but it is more than a power. Grace is a mercy, an extreme mercy, but it is more than a mercy. Grace is kindness, an unmerited kindness, but it is more than a kindness. Grace is a virtue, an exemplary virtue, but it is more than a virtue. Grace is a historic event, an event that is central to all of history, but it is more than a historic event. Grace is a gift, an unspeakable gift, but it is more than a gift. Grace is a work, a legal work of atonement, propitiation, justification, redemption, forgiveness, and adoption, but it's more than just a legal work. Grace is a life, a quickening, transforming life, but it is not an impersonal life. Grace is more than an action, a power, a mercy, a kindness, a virtue, an event, a gift, or a legal work. Grace is a person. Grace is Jesus Christ. The loving action, he's the unstoppable power. He is the extreme mercy. He is the unmerited kindness. He is the exemplary virtue. He's the unspeakable gift. He's the perfect rescuing work of God upon the cross, the historic event of all historic events. Grace is the abundant life of God made available in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus is grace. Isn't that awesome? Man, I See, grace, yes, is for salvation. Grace is what saves us. It is because of his overwhelming mercy and love and grace that we are saved. It is through his grace that we find salvation. And yet it is more than that because it's not that I, I received Christ, you know, some years ago. I bumped my head on the altar. Woo, praise the Lord. I, got, I received God's grace and now I'm saved. Well, do you need God's grace now? No, I had that years ago. I'm, I'm good to go. See, that's not true biblically. See, I need God's grace every moment of every single day. How do I live as a Christian? By God's grace. How do I function as a Christian? Through God's grace. How do I live my life? It is because of God's grace. How do I have a thought life the way I have a, a clean, pure thought life? By God's grace. How is it that, that I can walk in triumph and victory and peace and in joy? Well, it, that is because of God's enabling grace in my life. 
Oh no, I have a temptation today. How am I going to battle the temptation? God's grace. Hey, how am I going to have victory over sin? By God's grace. See, the Christian constantly, forever, always lives by grace. And yes, it is his grace that saves us, but it is also his grace that empowers us to live out the life that he has called us to live. See, Christians are ones who experience the beautiful reality of God's grace. As you walk through the New Testament, it's, it's interesting that Scripture calls grace a gift. I love that. It is a gift. See, you cannot earn it. You, cannot, you, know, you don't deserve it. It is merely a gift. Uh, I'll just read a few of these verses. Romans 5, verses 15 and 17. Paul writes in Romans 5, But the free gift is not like the trespasses. For if many die through one man's trespass, how much more the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. For if, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through the one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 9, 14-15 Because of the surpassing grace of God upon you, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. His grace is a gift. Ephesians 2.8, again, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God. Ephesians 3.7, of this gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me by the working of his power. Ephesians 4.7, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. 1 Peter 4.10, and each has received a gift. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Do you realize that the grace of God is an overwhelming gift? In fact, I, I love this in John 4, 10. Jesus himself says that he is that gift. Uh, he's talking to the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, and it says in John 4, 10, Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Jesus, do you know who I am? He says, I am the gift. I, I am the fullness of that reality. Uh, again, if you, if you look over at 1 Peter 4.10, Peter says, Each one has received a gift. Minister it to one another as good stewards. And here's how the New King James says it. The manifold grace of God. Uh, the word there, manifold, it's interesting. It has this idea of like you take a curtain, right, and you shove the curtain together, and the curtain now has all these little folds in it. It has many folds. God's grace is manifold. It has all these depth. It has all this profundity to it. It has all this richness to it. Then when we talk about the grace of God, the grace of God, yes, is for salvation, but again, it's, it's for the enablement of life that it has such profound depth, which is why we sing amazing grace, because it truly is amazing. And what I want to do is I want, I want to give you 15 things that biblically we are told grace does. This is so profound. And I'll, and I'll give you the verses for them too. Uh, so here's the list. Just ponder this. Grace is given to us that we might labor more abundantly. 1 Corinthians 15.10 Grace is given that we may have sufficiency in all things. 2 Corinthians 9.8 Grace is given that we may abound to every good work. 2 Corinthians 9.8 
Grace is given to the obedience of faith, Romans 1.5. Grace is given as power for witnessing of the resurrection of Jesus, Acts 4.33. Grace is given to lay the foundations of discipleship, 1 Corinthians 3.10. Grace is given for the preaching and evangelism, Ephesians 3.8. Grace is given as our means of help in time of need, Hebrews 4.16. Grace is given whereby we may serve God acceptably, Hebrews 12.28. Grace is given to make us perfect, 1 Peter 5.10. And then 1 Peter 5.10 also says that God's grace is given to establish us, to strengthen us, and to settle us. Ephesians 2.8 tells us that grace is given to save us. And Acts 18.27 tells us that grace is given to enable others to believe in Jesus Christ. Do you realize that it's the grace of God that enables you to live? Hey, if you need to preach, if you need to evangelize, if you need to disciple, hey, if you want to serve God acceptably, hey, if you, have, if you need help in time of need, hey, if you need, if you need to walk in obedience to the faith, hey, if, if, if you need sufficiency in all things, hey, if you need to be established, strengthened, settled, or saved, it is all through the grace of God. Isn't that profound? Yes, the grace of God saves us, but the grace of God enables us to live out the life that you and I are called to live. Now get this, again, if you come back into the Ephesians 2.5 verse, by grace you have been saved, you realize that salvation there isn't just one moment in time, bump your head on the altar, woo, you're in heaven, or, you know, you're, you're on your way to heaven kind of thing. That is true, but it is the grace of God that saves you every single day. See, there's what we call, let me give you a couple of different thoughts here. One, you, you could say that God has saved us in terms of sins and sin, right? We talked about this the other day, that, that God has saved us from our sins. It's those deeds, it's the works, it's the actions, right? It's I've shaken my fist in God's face, I have lived in rebellion, I have lied, I have cheated, I have lusted, I have whatever, right? And God has taken all those sins and he's removed them, he's forgiven them, he's blotted them out, and he has saved me by his grace, that, the, that those sins have been removed. How? Because of his grace. But there's also this issue of sin, right? That we have this nature of sin, this propensity of sin. And if all God ever did was dealt with the sins and never dealt with the nature, then, then hey, we would just keep living a life of sin. So God, in his overwhelming salvation, dealt by his grace, not just with the sins, the deeds, but he also stepped in and dealt with the heart nature what Paul would call the flesh or the carnal nature, he, de he dealt a death blow to the sin nature so that we don't have to keep on sinning. As, as Romans 6 tells us, you do not have to keep living enslaved, yielding yourself to the power of sin. Why? Because he has rescued you from the power of darkness and transferred you into the kingdom of his dear son. That now you get to live in life, not in death. So again, God has dealt with your sins, but he's also dealt with your sin nature. Maybe if you want to think of it in another way, God has big S saved you, right? It's that moment in time where, where God's spirit comes upon you, he convicts you, and you go, you know what, I need to respond to this free gift of grace that he is, he is offering to me, and I am what we call, quote-unquote, saved, right? I have come under the lordship of Jesus Christ. That, 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 that is a big S salvation. But he also or let me say it this way, we need his grace for the small s salvation. That every single day, it's not that I need a big s salvation every single day, right? He has saved me. I, I'm now his. I'm adopted. I'm a son. But the reality is, is that as, a, as, as someone who still lives on this sin-fallen world, I need daily salvation. That's that small s salvation. 
that yes, God has radically saved my life one day by his grace, but it is by his grace that I can deal with the temptation and the issues of my life every single day from this point forward. That, that I don't have to live under the tyranny of sin any longer. I don't have to be pushed around and influenced by the world any longer. Why? Because I have God's grace for everything that I need this day. Again, 2 Peter 1.3 my, one of my favorite verses, God has given us all things that we need for life and for godliness. Well, what has he given us? Jesus, who is our grace. And Jesus has come and he's filled us with his Holy Spirit so that by his life, by his spirit, by his grace, we can actually live and function and are enabled to do that which he is calling us to do, which is live this impossible Christian life. Are you living in that are you walking in the fullness of God's grace? Have you recognized that it's not, you don't just need big ass salvation, you need daily salvation. That it's not that he just dealt with your sins, he wants to deal with your sin nature. It is by grace you have been saved because of his great mercy and love for you. Are, are you living in that reality? Are you walking in that truth? Let me just close with a couple of verses. Uh, Paul exhorts Timothy, it's the very last letter that Paul wrote. And in 2 Timothy 1.9, Paul tells Timothy, God, who has saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. Do you know where we receive our grace? Jesus. And when I allow the Holy Spirit to come and indwell my life and I come under his lordship, I can actually have access to this constant flow of grace, which he freely offers as a gift to me. 2 Timothy 2.1, he continues to tell Timothy, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Do you realize that it is by the grace of Jesus, through his spirit who lives inside of us, that we grow strong in the Christian life? That, that we don't just grit our teeth and try to you know, accomplish something in our own ability. See, that, that is foolish. You're never going to be able to pull that thing off. See, you need the grace of God in your life to accomplish and perform and to be strengthened as a Christian. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Do you realize that in your time of need, what you need is to come to the throne room of grace and receive his mercy? It's that word hesed again. To receive hesed, that mercy, and find grace in time of need. So I come to the throne of grace, which is him, and he gives me the grace that I need to live this thing out. Do you realize that it is by grace you have been saved? And it is by his grace that you are continuing to be saved. May we live in that reality afresh today. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Lord, thank you for your amazing grace. And Lord, though the modern church has perverted the idea of grace and it's truncated it down to something very wishy-washy, and Lord, thank you that your grace really is beyond description. That your grace isn't just merely for salvation, it's for life. It's to enable us to live victorious and triumphant Lord, we want to celebrate you because you are a God of grace. And the God of grace wants to come and indwell our lives and not just give us big S salvation, not just forgive us of our sins, but to deal with the sin nature and then every single day bring about a reality of victory and triumph as we live by your grace. 
Lord, let us not turn within ourselves. Let us try to turn in with our own effort. Let us live by this gift you have given us, which is yourself. It is your grace. And Lord, let our lives only be explained in terms of you. That when someone looks at us, they, they, don't, they can't describe how we are living because of our ability. The only way they can describe how we are living is because, wow, we, they see the grace, of, <clears throat> the grace of God on display. They see you living your life in and through us. Lord, we need that reality. Oh, we need that reality. Lord, we just give you the praise and the glory. Thank you for your grace. We love you. Amen. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder is delivered live and streamed daily Monday through Friday at 8.15 a.m. And our weekend service is streamed at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Join us at live.ellersley.com. We invite you to visit us at the beautiful Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado for a day, a week, or an entire season of gospel-centered spiritual training. Learn more at ellersley.com. Thanks for listening.